0: Good morning, church. Good to see you guys today connecting in on Facebook. Uh, it's just fun to see you guys' as names pop up. It's encouraging and seeing your comments. And um, yeah, we look forward to, although this is not our typical gathering, it's still fun to just see and connect in this way as well and to uh, and, uh, um, just be encouraged by that and to encourage one another. So I just have a few announcements um, before we move on. And uh, first off, we had. Uh, Sent out a little challenge for your, for the kids in our church to create some Easter cards for Woodland Hills uh, Senior Center and we had asked for 250 and uh, unfortunately I have bad news we did not get the 250 um, but we did get 365 which is we'll accept that number as well so uh, way to go kids that is so awesome uh, so encouraging um, they are going to love those cards and we're just excited to uh, give those cards to them. Um, We also have a Good Friday service coming this Friday. Um, And we're gonna be, the details aren't fully set yet, but there will be a service on Friday. And uh, so be looking for more information on that through email, through Facebook. And it's gonna be a little different than what we do on the Sunday mornings, um, but it'll be a great way to just reflect on that day and again, bring us together as a community. So encourage you to keep your eyes open for that and prepare um, space for that on Friday as well. Um, obviously with our, this Sunday morning, it's different and we have to do things a little differently. And so one of those things is communion. So make sure, um, if you have some elements at home that you'd like to gather up quickly, we will be doing communion later on, um, together. So I encourage you to grab some of that and you can, um, sometimes we gotta be creative with those elements. We might not have grape juice and, um, but, uh, just encourage you to grab something with that. Also with offering. Um, there are different ways to give, um, financially we can, um, give on the website. There's a giving spot in the upper right-hand corner at communitaschurch.com. Otherwise, you can also mail in checks to 824 Laurel Street, Brainerd, Minnesota, 56401. And we've just been encouraged by your giving over the last, um, couple of weeks. And we know some of you guys are being stretched right now, uh, just financially, but thank you so much for, um just how it's been so far and just encourage it we could continue to do um, do well at giving Um, lastly we have the community aspect of our of our sunday morning here and um, it's just great like i mentioned earlier when we see comments and so continue with the comments even during the during the service here maybe there's something that encourages you or maybe some insight um, that you Come upon and feel free to write those out or a prayer or whatever um, we love to see those um, as well with that I'm just going to pray and uh, we'll get moving on here into worship Jesus I thank you for this how good you are mm-hmm. many of us come this morning with all sorts of different emotions of mm-hmm. anxieties and uncertainties and and um, I pray that we can just rest in you right now and, under, and have our confidence be in you. There are a lot of uncertainties of the future, but there are a lot of truths that we can hold on to. Um, and anything from just simple truths of just looking outside today and seeing the incredible sunshine and to um, jump into that today and be outside and to look around of just the people that are with you maybe in your living room right now with your family or friends or even the community we have on Facebook um, that they're we're all in this together and uh, we have community together Um, but also God the ultimate truth is of who you are Mm -hmm. and that you are in control and um, and that you are with us and uh, help us just totally rely on you during this time god At all times Um, i pray that maybe for some of us this is a a reset button where maybe we've wandered away from you um, but that we would come back to you and fully um, fully fall in love with you lord Um, so god as we just move on in the service just be with us as we sing and we worship and we do community together and we listen to your word proclaimed Um, that we would be drawn closer to you, in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen.
1: Good morning, guys. Um, Until we are all back together physically, I'm going to say this every time, I miss your faces. It's very odd to be doing services um, here without all of you, but um, thank you for joining us online. And if you are with us this morning, go ahead and put your... uh, your name in the comments so y'all can see one another's names and just be aware of one another's presence. Um. Let's see here. Um, oh, can you do the first? so? Can you guys see this? Um. This is really. It says for those who have lost track, today is Blur's Day, the fourteenth of Aprilay. Can anybody relate to that? <laughs> um. This is kind of how I've been feeling this past week about the passing of time and the calendar. However, we cannot let our circumstances uh, deter us from celebrating Holy Week. And today is a special day. It is like Palm Sunday. <laughs> it's Palm Sunday today, it's the start of Holy Week. Um, and most of you know, but let's just review Palm Sunday. Uh, is the day that we remember Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And he came riding in on a. kids? An elephant? Uh, a Sasquatch? A turtle? No, he came riding in on a donkey. And um, the people, they took their palm branches and they spread them on the road before Jesus. And the crowds were joyfully shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Uh, so today we're going to sing a Hosanna song. And um, Hosanna happens to be one of my favorite words in all of scripture because of all the meaning um, tied into that one word. And we normally associate the word Hosanna with um, shouts of joy. Um, but originally, and if we look back into Psalm 118, um, Hosanna was originally a word that was a, it was a plea for help. It meant save us. Um, so the people, they were waiting for a savior. And um, after Christ's ministry was coming to a close and they saw all of the signs and wonders that, they did, that he did, they believed he was their messiah and their savior. Um, He didn't know, they didn't know what kind of a savior he would be for them. They wanted a political savior and some other things, but um, they could really only see just a smidge of the bigger picture, of the eternal picture of what was happening and the significance of all of it. Um, And so when we sing this word Hosanna, we can mean save us, and we can mean uh, thank you, and we can celebrate it all in the same word, all at one time.
2: Good morning, Communitas Church. It is good to see you. My name is Mike Gary. I'm the pastor here at Communitas Church. And Communitas is a church that exists to love God and to love people and to build disciples who walk in faith who, and, and grow, walk in grace, grow in faith. And we do this by gathering in groups to explore the way that the Lord has gifted us and then use those gifts to generously serve in and around the Brainerd Lakes area to make more disciples who love God and love people who walk in grace, who grow in faith by gathering in groups and exploring their gifts and using those gifts to serve in and around the Brainerd Lakes area as we pursue this rhythm of gathering together, growing together, and then going together. We've worshipped in a number of different ways, and we've done that by gathering together today online, odd as it is for a fair number of us. And then we've we've done this through through singing the fact that we get to sit we're we're in our, our living rooms or in our cars or wherever you are right now watching this um, participating in worship um, we'll get to the worship expressing our worship through the proclamation of the word uh, in a little bit before we do that, we're going to spend some time in communion and communion is a is a sacred meal as we think about this idea of hosanna And the the message of that that cry of the people uh, throughout the scriptures, and if we're honest throughout the rest of church history, and if we're even more honest and can be more personal, the cry of the deep longings of our soul as we look for a Savior. And this is how we spend most of our days, seeking out something that will save us, or someone. Will save us. And so communion reminds us as a collective church, and as we partake with other churches around the world, we're tuning in in similar ways like this, or or meeting together in, in remote areas. We're awoken to this fact that we celebrate together, that the deep longings of our soul are satisfied in Christ. before we do this we're going we're going to take some time in silence we're going to take some time to reflect a little bit on who is God and what has he done and and who is God the Son and and how did he live his life and how does the way that he lived his life inform the way that I live that we live our lives and then who is God the Holy Spirit and what is the Holy Spirit trying to do in and through us who believe that if If you're hearing this, if you're watching this, the Holy Spirit is probably trying to do something in and through you. So we want to take some time to consider what sins might the Holy Spirit be convicting me of? What practices are we doing that the Holy Spirit is trying to confirm in us that we would do more of and draw closer to the Lord? And then what are some specific names and faces or times and places where the Lord is, is prompting us to to act in such a way, or to say something, or to be something to somebody, that we'd better convey this message of hope to the world around us. And so we're going to take some time right here, right now, as a, a scattered community of people, to take some time to reflect and to listen as a group, to, and ask these questions of who is God the Father, and what has he done? Who is God the Son? And how did he live his life? And, and how does that inform the way that I live my life? And who is God, the Holy Spirit? And what is the Holy Spirit trying to do in and through us? That we would be convicted of our sin, confirmed in what we're doing, which is good, all that we would better convey this message of hope to the world around us. So we'll take some time and silence to, to reflect on that. And then I'll read some words from Scripture. We'll all partake of the meal together. So the last time that Jesus was together with his friends, they they were sharing this meal. And we'll talk more about this meal next Sunday um, as we're getting to the part in our journey through Exodus where we, we learn more and we're going to talk more about this meal. So they're, they're sharing this meal of remembrance, so kind of a meal that they would, they would do to remember the story about how God had delivered them, had saved them, that Hosanna that we talked about earlier, the way that the Lord had delivered them from oppression. They had spent 400 years in slavery in Egypt. And the Lord brought them out of slavery and they celebrated this meal then every year after that. And so thousands of years later, Jesus and his friends are gathered in a rented room. If you could imagine a, uh, an Airbnb or, a, a you know, maybe a little conference hall at a hotel sharing this meal together. And Jesus says to them, while they're eating, he takes the bread and he breaks it and he says, Take and eat. This is my body. And knowing that that body would break and his blood would pour out, that he'd be betrayed and left behind by all of his friends, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it to them, gave it to his future betrayers and said, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So, Lord, we thank you for this covenant, and this meal that you invite us into, this life that you invite us into. May what we do here inform the way that that we live our lives, who we are, how we act. Help us to, to know you more through this. Amen. Okay, we're going to be continuing, as I said, uh, we've been spending, starting in January, we started in Genesis, and we're going to spend uh, the rest of the year, up until Advent, going through the Torah, or the Pentateuch, which is known as it's the first five books of the Old Testament. And you might go, man, it's like really old stuff, why is that important? Well, it's important because it helps us to understand the story of how God is working in and through his people and how he's building a people to show his glory to the world. And so we're going to be looking at Exodus 5 through 11 today. Uh, if If you're familiar with the story of the plagues, This is what we're going to be talking about. And we'll be looking at uh, if you want to follow along in a paper Bible, feel free. If you have another mobile device around that you want to follow along with, that's great. Um, Or if you just want to listen to Nick read the words, we'll be uh, in Exodus 5 verses 1 through 3. And we'll read Exodus 6 verses 1 through 13 and Exodus 7 verses 1 through 13. 5? 1 through 5. There we go. So Nick will read that, and
0: uh, and then we will, we'll dive in. Alright, Exodus 5, 1 through 3. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has sent, has met with us. Please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Exodus 6, 1-13 but the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners, moreover i have heard the groaning of the people of israel whom the egyptians hold as slaves and i have remembered my covenant say therefore to the people of israel i am the lord and i will bring you out from under the burdens of the egyptians and i will deliver you from slavery to them and i will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment i will take you to Be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for possession. I am the Lord. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. So the Lord said to Moses, Go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Exodus 7, 1-5 And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh Pharaoh, to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great act. Acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt.
2: Challenge me in these questions that Moses challenges Pharaoh with. That I started to understand that. I need to do things with God, and if I do things with God, then I will do things for God. But if I get the order mixed up, all sorts of exhaustion happens. So let's look a little bit at uh, at the text. I just love. Um, I think it's it's kind of a big chunk. If you want to, if you take some time later on today to to read through it, um, yeah, go ahead and do that. But I just want to look at you know if you've if you've spent much time in church or around a children's Bible, you've maybe read or heard of some of the plagues. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about five and seven before we get five, six, and seven before we get into it. So I just love this opening dialogue, right? So if you remember last week, Bob talked about um, he talked about the way that that Moses had been summoned to. To go and to talk to Pharaoh. And, and the Lord had been working in and through Moses' life to get him ready for this. And so Moses and his brother Aaron go to, uh, or his, um, his cousin Aaron go and they, they talk to Pharaoh. And then I just love this. Like, hey, we're gonna, we want to go out into the, into the wilderness to worship the Lord. And I love Pharaoh's response Who is the Lord that I should obey him? And I love the the honesty. I don't know him. And moreover, no, I'm not letting you go. Basically, I don't know this guy. Why should I listen to him? I'm not going to get back to work. And I love the response. I mean, chapter 6, verses 1 through 13 is just this thundering response where the Lord comes in and and tells Moses, like, hey, this this is who I am. And it's interesting that he he doesn't doesn't give him the name yet, right? And so Pharaoh wants to know what what God's name is. Now, why does he want to know God's name? Well, if you know God's name in, in ancient Near Eastern culture, then you can manipulate the gods. If you know the name, if you can understand the name of the god, then you can manipulate and kind of use these spells to kind of turn God into some sort of vending machine to get what you want. And Yahweh isn't going to do that. And so then he has this interaction with Moses and he goes, oh, here's who I am. Remember... Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I'm the God that that called out to them. And with my mighty hand and my outstretched arm, I will deliver these people from slavery and oppression. That's the God who I am. I will be with you. And so he summons Moses to acknowledge him, to know him, to, to see who he is and to be with the Lord. So then they have this other dialogue at the beginning of, of chapter 7. And... Uh, And I love just, let's look at verse 4. It says, Pharaoh will not listen to you. He says, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and I will bring my hosts. Now, just a second. So hosts. Is that like a server at a restaurant? Is that those little crackers that some churches pass out? What's a host? Well, a host in this, in in biblical language, often refers to and kind of brings about this idea of, of a military, of an army. And so the Lord says, I'm going to bring my host, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. And so we think, what is this going to be? And much like Kelly alluded to earlier where we start to think about, okay, the people were looking for this, this specific type of Savior when Jesus came in. And now the people are looking for a Savior here and they're going, what is this going to be? And the Lord is telling them about who they are. Because remember, they were all, they were so confused and they were so jacked up that they couldn't even comprehend who the Lord was because they were in such crisis about the slavery. And so the Lord says, I'm going to bring you out of that. I'm going to bring you out into an open space so you can understand more about who I am so you can begin to understand who you are. And so what is this host? He says, this is, this is my army. These are my people. And so right from the very beginning, we've always seen this that the, the gospel and the message of hope of Christ and, and the way of the Lord is always going outward, always reaching out to reach out to the neighbor. We saw that Abraham was blessed. Why? Not because of anything that he'd done, but because of the Lord's mercy. And he's blessed to blessed. And so the Lord is saying, I'm going to build a people who are going to go out on a new kind of mission. It's a new army with a new mission for a new kingdom. Not the kingdom that the people understood at the time, but a new kind of kingdom. There's a new creation. And so you're saying, yeah, we're going to go out. We're going to do this. And later on, Pharaoh's going to challenge Moses a little bit. He's going, okay, fine. You can, you know, you can, you can let the men go out. Because that was the culture, right? As as the men would go to the worship and, and Moses says, no, 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 no. Everyone is going out. The men, the women, the children, the goats, the donkeys, the cows. Everybody is going out because this kingdom that we live in is going to have peace and hope for all creation. Not just the men. Not just the parents. Not just the old, but the young. For those who... Everything, everybody. And we're going to talk a little more about Sabbath late in, the, in the weeks to come and, and how the Lord sought to bring rest to his creation. And it wasn't just going to be for the, the wealthier. It wasn't just going to be for the entitled, but it was going to be for everyone. He would make all things new. And so as a result then, so, and the Pharaoh was like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. And he's, and so we we hear this this hardness of heart already, don't we, and and the Lord keeps coming in and giving him chances and giving him chances and giving him chances, and then so chapters eleven or eight through eleven, and then getting into twelve next week we'll, that we'll read about. He sends this these series of signs and plagues, and so and the, first they, he takes this staff and he turns it into a snake, and, and his and then Pharaoh's magicians do the same thing, but then Moses' staff eats the other staves, the other snakes. And the magicians are going, I think that uh, this God is maybe a little more powerful than our God. Um, hmm. And it gets them to wonder. And then there's these series of plagues that happen. And each one of these plagues are aimed at a different Egyptian God had one of the kids that had already figured this out for us and, and chimed in on that, so good work. And so each one of these plagues is a way to, to kind of go against and show God's power and God's might over these local Egyptian gods and to say, yeah, that's, that's nice that you've been doing that, but I'm the one who you've been searching for. Don't put your hope in this small God. Put your hope in the God of creation, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, the God who hears, who listens, and who sends people to respond and to reach out with his mighty hand and his outstretched arm. That's the God you should be worshiping. And so they they go through these series of plagues, and, and it gets worse and worse. And worse, until finally some of the people in Pharaoh's own court are going, Hey, look, dude, uh, I know you're on this big power trip here, but seriously, I think we we should maybe consider uh, their, their plea and let them go. But Pharaoh continues to turn away from the Lord and turn away from the Lord and turn away from the Lord. He wants to get power and control through worshiping smaller gods and hardening his heart. And the problem is, is that when, when leadership fails and when the hardness of heart gets you to the point where you can't even listen to those around you, he becomes blind. And it's a different kind of blindness. It's not a blindness that he can't see. It's that blindness that happens when we won't see. He won't even acknowledge the truth that's right before him. And as a result, it's We'll read in, in the coming weeks about how his kingdom just kind of comes unravelled and it just does not go well for him. And so, where's the hope in this? What is it Moses is trying to get us to see in these chapters? Well, we see that God acknowledges us and invites us to acknowledge Him. Different translations will use different words. It might be acknowledge, it might be know, it might be obey, but they all bring with this, this similar idea of being with the Lord and knowing about who He is and responding in a, in a way that, that would prove this knowledge, that would help to, to gain some understanding of this knowledge. And so walking with the Lord. And we see that, that He's orchestrated creation, that we would see Him, that we would know Him, that we would understand Him. And, his, and as we look at the way that He's worked throughout history, He's trying to get our attention, One of the last, or the last plague, is uh, that that the Lord threatens uh, in this in this reading for this week is is the death of the firstborn son, and we see that at various points. What we'll celebrate next week is he himself sends his own son to get our attention for the severity that the love that he has for us. He's calling us out, saying, Do you see me? Do you acknowledge me? Can you, can you wake up? Can your heart be softened to the point where you can finally be satisfied in who I am? And so often we find ourselves in that daily grind that the, the Israelites found themselves in in Egypt where they couldn't even slow down enough to look up. They couldn't even pause in their soul long enough to acknowledge the Lord and the Lord saying, Look, I got to get you on a three-day walk to get you out into the wilderness so you have a little bit of space in your mind and in your heart or in your soul so you can finally be at rest to acknowledge who I am and to walk with me. And so we'll celebrate next week is this great wake-up call to, to all of history to say, this is who I am and this is how much I love you and this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get your attention. Do I have your attention now? So the God who heard the cries of Israel, the God who spoke to Moses and reached out his hand, hears our cries, sees our plight, and reaches out to save us and to bring us to this place where our soul has the space to worship him, to acknowledge him, to know him, and to be with him. So how will we respond? How will we act as a result? So why and why is it important that we that we acknowledge the Lord? Let's get practical for a moment. In a lot of ways, this this means that despite all that we've done or haven't done, God still hears your cry. Like, do you see the number of times that that Moses keeps going back to Pharaoh, keeps going back and saying, "Hey, man." really just let the people go. It isn't a one and done. Moses doesn't walk up and say, hey, uh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. And then, bam, he sends 10 plagues. Is it? No, it's this continual petitioning. Please, will you you let the people go? No? Okay. Um, Will will you let them go? No? Okay. Uh, will, Will you let them go? continues to come back and come back and come back and come back and so this reveals to us something about the nature and the character of God and that he's very very patient with us and then it answers the deep yearning and the cries of our hearts is it not how many of us are looking and searching and, and trying to find satisfaction in certain things that that satisfy for a little while but when all the distractions and the noise go away, we're left with those deep yearnings within our soul knocking at the doors of our hearts. And so by seeing the way that he's orchestrated the world, we see the way that he's orchestrated our lives to be with him. So often we think, well, I just need to do certain things for him or I need to be a certain person for him or or be a certain way for him. But what's the invitation of Jesus? Is it do this thing for me? Is it be this person for me? No, it's come. Follow me. Come and be with me. We'll worry about what we're supposed to do and how you're supposed to be and who you are in a moment. But but how I want you to get there is to come with me. And he's saying, let me show you. Come with me. So what happens if we don't? Well, at best, we'll end up like Pharaoh and his, magi- and his magicians. And, uh, and we'll, we'll be trying on, or excuse me, we'll be, we'll, at best, we'll be like Moses. We'll be trying to do things for God. When well, we should be doing things with God. And that's the trend. So we see that transition where Moses is going, oh, I can't do all these things. And, and the Lord's like, hey, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to send Aaron. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about these things you're doing for me. Just walk with me in trust and we'll build it along the way and so if we don't understand that the lord acknowledges us and seeks to and invites us to acknowledge him then we end up often finding ourselves like pharaoh and his magicians trying to manipulate our way and control every situation and seek satisfaction in things that don't ultimately satisfy And end up doing, I think that was most of of my late teenage years of trying to be nice, trying to be kind, doing things for God without walking with God. And so what should we do as a result? Well, I think one of the simplest things is just acknowledge that, Lord, you are God and I'm not. And I will ever praise you simple prayer you are God and I am not and I will ever, ever praise you and hopefully that this, is, this can be something to begin to kind of realign who we are and help us to think a little bit more about who we are and as we think about our different situations and we look at the way that we've felt some tension or things haven't quite gone our way I often find myself asking that question of well was I trying to play God there or was I walking with God there? And it's odd that it seems like when it's not going very well for me, and I've, I find this grind within my soul, it's often because I'm trying to do f- things for God or trying to do things the way that I think that they should be done, as opposed to inviting God in the conversation and be like, oh yeah, that's right, you're God and, and I'm not. How should I live? What would you like me to do? So just a few questions to kind of to help us think a little bit more about this. Some things to consider. Um, you know, if, you're, if you're like me and you read this, and I think one of the things that pops out is is this guy Pharaoh. And I just think, you know, a lot of times think, people think about, um, you know, why did, why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? I mean, he's, he's probably one of the most evil characters that we've seen thus far in the Bible. And we're going, well, you know, was it really, was it really fair? But lately I've been wondering, how am I like Pharaoh? How do I begin to see Pharaoh in myself? How do we begin to see Pharaoh and in, in how we live our lives? We notice that he, you know, how he defines good and evil according to his own circumstance or his own desires. And I just thought, what are the ways that we begin to harden our own hearts? toward the Lord when things aren't going our way. Because I'm, I'm just wanting to just venturing a guess that, that Pharaoh probably wasn't, you know, he didn't just wake up one day and was mad at God and, and then just turn over. I think that was probably, we see that's this slow progression toward the hardness of heart. The plagues, it didn't happen in a week. Scholars would say at, at minimum it was six months. And so over that, that half a year period, you just We see his heart slowly get harder and harder and harder. And so in what ways have we hardened our heart against the Lord? And then like Pharaoh, how many times, I mean, this, is, this was my experience, how many times have we repented because, more because of circumstance? Oh, something's going really bad. Lord, I'm really, really sorry because this is happening. But not that we want to actually change our heart. So we we repent. The situation changes, and then we just forget about that actual heart change. And then finally, what are some of the things that we believe that aren't bringing you any closer to the Lord? Um, What are what are some you know as we think about kind of how we act? What are what are things that we're thinking, or that we that we're feeling, and that we're believing that are actually bringing us further from the Lord? Um, just a real quick, if you if you're kind of that's kind of a uh, kind of a spacey question. Let me read Ephesians four thirty-one through thirty-two to help bring this home a little better. Um, so Ephesians four verses thirty-one through thirty-two says this: Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So, what sorts of things are you believing that, that incite bitterness, that bring about wrath, that make you angry? Make you clamor. That's, that's to speak loudly, just kind of over and over and over again. If you're like, oh, I don't, I don't speak loud. I don't yell ever because I'm a northern Minnesotan. Just check out your Facebook feed. Um, and, and slander. What causes you to speak poorly about other people, either in front of them or behind their back? And how do we act maliciously toward one another? And what sorts of things do we need to start believing that we would be kind to one another? Tenderhearted forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you. We start to, to believe that God is who He says He is. That He's the God who acknowledges us. He's the God of, who called Abraham out of Ur to bless Him, that He would bless the world around Him, that the whole world would come to know His love, His joy, and His peace. And so how would you answer the question that Moses poses to Pharaoh? Who is Yahweh to you? And then how does the God who sees, who hears, who reaches out, how do you think he sees you? And how does that inform the way that, that you live your life? How does that inform the way that you treat the people in your world? How does that inform your prayers? How does that begin to shape us as a church? Knowing that Yahweh sees us as His hosts, as His children, as the people that He's called to gather together, to scatter out a new kind of army on a different kind of mission, to bring about a different kind of kingdom. And so as we hear God's voice, let's remember, let's remind Let's rejoice. So let's remember that the Almighty God has called you to know Him. And let's remind one another that we're not just to do things for God, but we're to walk with God. And let's rejoice that He brings His hosts home. Pray for us, give us a benediction. Head out from here. Heavenly Father, we we thank you that you hear us. We thank you that in the midst of of our own slavery, our own slavery to sin, our own slavery to the ways that do not ultimately satisfy, and some of us to to other sorts of, of slavery, Lord. We thank you that you hear our cries before we make them, that you hear the deep longings of our soul. And so, Jesus, we thank you for coming, for being our Savior, for leaving your Holy Spirit, that you'd continue to gather together your people and to work through your host, that we would gather your people and bring everybody home, the men, the women, and the children, everybody. Mm -hmm. So we thank you and we pray that we would go out this week with this on our mind, as this on our hearts, that you acknowledge us, that we would also acknowledge you. Okay, well, uh, again, kids, thanks again. 365 Easter cards for the residents at Woodland. You guys crushed it. That was awesome. Thanks for doing that, that's amazing. Um, Be looking in your email for updates on the Good Friday service. And then uh, next week is Easter. We'll have some information too about what we're going to do there. We're going to do a kind of a communal prayer time. And uh, so pay attention there. And that'll all be in email and video form coming out later on this week. Thank you so much to those of you who have given. Um, As Nick mentioned earlier, your generosity has been um, completely overwhelming and humbling. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, This is also Potluck Sunday. So if you don't have any lunch plans... Uh, just grab a bunch of stuff out of your refrigerator, vegetables and meat, and uh, you know, just dump some cream or whatever over it. Put it in the oven, 375 for like 10 to 45 minutes, and have yourself a hot dish. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this, receive this benediction. May you who are listening, may you who are hearing know that the God who created all that is seen and unseen But the Almighty God hears the cry of your soul. That He acknowledges you and and invites you to acknowledge Him. And He sent His Son and He's left His Spirit so that you would be able to do that. That we would join together as a host to bring all the people home. Have a great week. Can't wait to see you all face to face. Go in peace.